You're listening to Confessions of a Grieving Mother by Emma's Footprints. Each week, we will be bringing you stories to give you a real look on what families go through after they experience a pregnancy or infant loss. Our goal is to help educate, support, and break the stigma around this topic. Be prepared for tears and laughter as we remember our babies. This is going to be real, raw, and vulnerable, so get your boots on. It's going to be messy. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Grieving Mother. I am Tracy Emma's mom. I am Julie Gus's mom. And on the phone, we have Amanda Burke. Hi, Amanda. Hi, ladies. Hi. It's Hi, Aubrey's Amanda. mom. It's, yes. Well, I, I was, Sorry. yes. <laughs> she took it out. house. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say, she listeners, if you've been to our podcast, you would know Amanda from one of our first episodes as Aubrey's mom. Mm-hmm. And she is also our director of bereavement and answers all of our phone calls and texts and emails and Facebook messages. Yep. <laughs> so this is, um, we brought her back on just to have a mission conversation. Um, yeah. You know, we, this platform is, we use this to tell a lot of other family stories and give them a chance to share their babies. And I think sometimes some people are like, what is Emma's Footprints and what do they do? So right. that's why we wanted to have this episode because we're constantly growing and changing. And so I was going to say, and I think the podcast itself has really taken off. I think Amanda, you could probably speak to that too. Oh, absolutely. Um, so it's important just to talk about who we help, how we help and how you can um, share our information and resources with um, somebody around you. Absolutely. Yeah. So Amanda, how has this year been going for you? That's a very tricky question. That's a Um, loaded question. It's been extremely busy at Emma's. Um, The last two months especially have been really busy, Um, which I'm glad that families are finding us. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's just really heavy and sad that so many families are going through this type of loss. And um, I'm grateful they have these resources so they're not alone in their grief. But um, a lot of families are still learning uh, what we do and uh, how we help families. And it's not just necessarily like Julie and I were talking before this. It's not necessarily just SIDS, stillbirth. Um, We're helping families through very early term losses as well. And even in conversation with funeral directors, I'm finding that sometimes that's not being communicated to families as well, that they have options even at an early term pregnancy loss for cremation and to bring their baby home. So, okay. So let's talk more on that because I feel like we know what those words mean and that makes sense to me, but we've okay. Had... I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause. Tracy, I would like you to dive into our mission. What is our mission and who does it serve? Okay. And then I want Amanda Burke to talk about uh, what you just said. Okay. So our mission at Emma's Footprints is to help families that have experienced a pregnancy or infant loss. So when I say pregnancy, that means from the moment you find out you're pregnant, if you experience, if you find out you're pregnant, you know, one day and the next day you start having uh, an early term loss, we are here with our services um, up until if the baby is 12 months old. 
um, the, all of, so those are our, our boundaries and our, our mission expenses and the pouring out of, of who we are can happen to those, to those families that experience that. Um, and what does that look like? We help with, uh, burials and cremations, um, headstones, urns, counseling sessions, care packages, and we have added couples retreats to our mission expenses. So that is kind of the, the elevator speech of the mission. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Amanda, can you, we just did a podcast with, you know, a mom that lives in this area and had an early term loss uh, and did not get our information because, she, and she didn't think that we helped families that had gone through right. an early term loss. She had a, um, a, f- a friend in high school that we've helped uh, that had a stillbirth. So she's thought Emma's helps families with stillbirth, but can you just kind of elaborate on what that looks like, how we can help the families that have early term losses? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a misconception because it's a different type of loss, but that doesn't mean it's not a loss. And so many families feel like their loss isn't valid. You know, there's not the support there, but which is totally not true. I mean, we believe from the moment you see that positive pregnancy test, you have all these hopes and dreams for that baby. Maybe the baby even has a name immediately. And so we want those families to be able to honor the baby um, immediately. And I just feel like some of the hospitals aren't conveying that you can, you know, get your baby cremated, even at an early um, stage of pregnancy. And there are tiny little urns so that you can put that, you know, baby in and bring home. And um, I just feel like that piece of information is not being conveyed. I think it's better now than it ever was, but I still think in some instances it's it's not being conveyed to every family when they go into the emergency department or um, you know whether they're just going in for routine uh, surgery they just need to be advocates for themselves and say hey I want to bring this baby home with me um, because it really does make a difference for families and their grieving process because so many families sometimes will say, well, where is my baby? What happened to my baby? And that just compounds the grief, which is, yeah, that's heartbreaking. Um, it is. And it, it can totally change the trajectory of how the grief journey yeah. goes if they're able to actually, you know, grieve their baby. When families ask you those questions, Amanda, what um, do you normally, you know, what are your next steps with them? Uh, about an early term loss, what yeah, process, like, you know, wanting to know where their baby is. Um, honestly, that's a tricky question too, because I'm not in the hospital. I could say a lot of times, you know, it's going to go to pathology or, um, every hospital has a different, uh, way of handling different this. procedures. Yes. They have different procedures. Like I know, uh, there's a hot, one of the hospitals, they use a local funeral home and all the babies, they all get buried together in one grave. Um, so I know that's one hospital's policy, but every hospital has a different policy on what they do. So um, I try to 
make sure families, if they reach out, you know, before they have the procedure or, you know, or if they're experiencing loss, I really make sure they tell um, that that's what they want, that they're an advocate for themselves. Make sure they let somebody know that they want to bring their baby home with them. Yeah. I was just going to say, can we, you know, so a family just there, maybe they're at their eight week appointment and they're just told there's no heartbeat and they're given the options, right. Of you can go home and, um, miscarry naturally. You can, uh, take medicine, you know, to start that process, or you can come in for a DNC. What, what, how, how do they advocate for themselves in that moment when their world has just they been turned know. upside down? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they don't even Honestly. know which one of those three options to choose right. to 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 walk through this horrific thing that has just happened to them. Yeah, it's unfortunate that because they're shocked, and sometimes we're lucky and they'll reach out, and I can give them some good steps to take. But a lot of times, I'm getting them after the fact. Yeah, and so you know, sometimes it's either too late. Um, to have made a different decision or, you know, it's just, I wish that the OBs would give them more information immediately so they could reach out before, but, um, that doesn't always happen. So if, if a mom, like if a mom is, if anybody is listening to this and then, you know, maybe in a year they get, or maybe, maybe in a couple months they get pregnant and they experience a loss mm-hmm. and maybe something we say in this episode that they hear, they can remember like, Hey, they, Tracy, are they you said in the I same can... space as me? Cause I literally wrote this down. <laughs> I was well, like, we're in the same office, but not the same room. <laughs> Hold this information sacred and close to your heart so that you right. Either you're going to use this yes. or a friend or family member, you know, when, when they reach out to you, when it's like, I mean, I don't know about you, Amanda, but I feel like a lot of these losses, if they're happening at home, it's like the middle of the night. Oh, we just heard story after story after story of it was 2 a.m. and I was in the bathroom mm. and I miscarried into the toilet. It never happens during office hours. No. <laughs> yeah. It seems to not. Okay. So, so that mom that is listening to this, that is going to experience this, unfortunately, whenever in the future, if they're at home and if, right, if they would have said, I wish I would have known, how can we educate them now? So they, so they do know, like, what are their options if they miscarry at home, either, you know, by choice, because they got sent home from the office, or Mm -hmm. it's just happening. Um, What are their options, Amanda? Well, first of all, I would make sure if they know that this is going to happen, and they go home, um, to make sure they have something like a hat, or something like I'm talking about a medical hat, or something that could catch their baby, you know, if it happens to, you know, pass, you know, out of you while you're going to the bathroom, like just make sure you're able to um, have something that's going to be able to hold that sweet baby. So you can take it to the um, funeral home. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know so, so many people okay. that have been traumatized because they were like, I didn't know what to do. And then they, I flush the baby and then they're traumatized from that. And nobody should have to go through that. No. So you should have something or even you could always ask the OB's office if they have something that they could provide to you that you could 
you know, potentially catch, you know, your baby. I mean, I think our local hospitals, they put together miscarriage kits. I think um, the EDs do. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I can't say that for the OB offices. Right. But they could be put together. You know, yes. Or you could ask, hey, okay, do you have, an, do you have a kit <laughs> yes. that could help me through this process? Yes, absolutely. And then you, would, you can call the funeral home, right? Mm-hmm. And what would you say to the funeral director? Uh, honestly, you can just tell the funeral director that you have your baby and you would like to have your baby cremated. And um, they have no trouble doing that. We've done that for so many families. Mm-hmm. Would you say that the amount of families has like their awareness around this has like increased over like the past years? I or, do. Yeah, I really do. Um, there are definitely, you know, some gaps, but I do think that most people are starting to advocate for themselves whenever it comes to this, because I'm getting more calls for early term pregnancy loss, cremations than I ever did before. Which makes me feel, ladies, like we're really making a difference as far as Mm -hmm. this not being such a taboo topic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like that we can like see the change happening in front of us. I agree. From just even talking about their their grief to Mm -hmm. actually maybe providing them the option to get their baby cremated or or bury. Right. And that they don't have to, that's not part of their story where they, right. you know, their baby was, I mean, it's so, it is so horrific to say, but I think the reality of women experiencing that and, you know, in, in a, in their bathroom and they're, you're going to be on the, you're going to be on the toilet mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. then the decisions and those moments and the, the, all of that shame and regret and all of that afterwards is just so heavy for these Mm -hmm. families to carry. It is. I mean, I never talk about it, but you know, I lost my baby on an airplane in a, in a bathroom, you know, so it's not something I ever talk about. Mm -hmm. Cause what was I going to do? We were landing. I had to take my seat. It's like, uh, how, yeah. That's why you, really that's sad. why you need a support community around you yeah. to help yep. navigate right. that. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more of our mission. Emma's Footprints has paid for over 130 burials and cremations of babies and over 70 urns and headstones in 2022. Being able to take away the financial stress during a very difficult time for a family is only part of what we do. If our mission tugs at your heart, we encourage you to make a donation that will allow us to continue to serve families that have experienced a pregnancy or infant loss in this community. Head to our website at www.emmasfootprints.com and look for the donate tab at the top of the page. As always, thank you for your support and for allowing Emma's to say yes to families grieving pregnancy and infant loss. Okay, we're back. So, um... Amanda's phone, Amanda answers the phone and <laughs> it goes off too much because, um, loss is happening, happening all the time. Um, in the previous episode, 
Tracy and I were talking about with a mama about um, things that people say that are not correct. They're incorrect, not helpful. And um, can you remember a couple of those phrases, Tracy? Um, at least you could have a baby. You have one at home. Mm-hmm. At, at least you know you can get pregnant. Yes. You've gotten pregnant um, twice now. Yeah. Um, I think my brain shut down after that one. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, uh, once you see a heartbeat, your chances of having a miscarriage or early term loss is, is lower. Also, it's very rare to have two miscarriages back to back. Yes. Oh, it's all coming back to us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So we we were coming up with the idea that there should be a button that we could press that is like for grief because as as a lost mom, we feel like, um, especially with early term losses, that they don't validate. I think you previously said that, Amanda, here, that they don't validate or feel validated, I should say, during their pregnancy. And that's really, I would say, in my opinion, like society making them feel that way. Right. They want mm-hmm. to right remember their baby, but then words are coming at them or emotions and, 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 and medical words and making them feel like it's not that big of a deal. And so uh, we said that there should be a button that we could press that's like, eh, not helpful. <laughs> eh, wrong. <laughs> yeah. Try again. <laughs> Can you share with us, Amanda, some um, phrases or things that parents have said with you? Um, that they feel like they, uh, their pregnancy wasn't, wasn't a baby or it didn't matter or it wasn't uh, validated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, you hear a lot of, well, I was only this amount of weeks pregnant. You know, I don't, I don't like that because, you know, as soon as you're pregnant, you're pregnant, you know, that's a baby. It's, it's not, I was only, I feel like that's invalidating your grief. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of moms, especially early term pregnancy loss moms, feel that way. Or they feel like support groups not for them because, you know, all the other moms had, you know, losses later in pregnancy or got to know their babies. Well, I shouldn't feel this way because I never got to hold my baby or I never got to see my baby. Um, which is all very untrue. All of our feelings are very, very valid from the moment you get pregnant. And there's a seat waiting for you at support group, no matter when your loss was. Yep. And if I can convince people to go, they see that because our support group is so supportive of every stage of loss. And you always feel like you're a part of that family. Yeah, it seems, I don't know, I don't want to say it's so simple, but right, I feel like over here, it's like, well, we we just sent you a care package, you know, we we just had a, a building with some chairs and some people that have been through a loss, but the the return on that, or the the thoughtfulness of the care package, the the safe mm-hmm. place we've created. You know, I mean, Amanda, we get thank you notes all the time. I know you get messages from families. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you 
can you recall some of those, like what the, the feedback is from families when, when we help them? Well, actually, I just got one of my most favorite messages uh, ever in regards to the care package. I think it was yesterday. The mom actually referred to it as a love package. And I was like, I loved that because I feel like that's the perfect way to put what, you know, the care package is all about. It's about loving them through their loss. And so many families, as soon as they get it, it's always comes on the day they need it the most. Um, And it always seems to, to touch them, especially the necklace. The moms put it on immediately because they feel like it's a connection to their babies. And then I'm getting really good positive feedback about the dads being included about the dad bracelet. They love those too. And then another mom emailed me yesterday about her care package because she's been in a funk and she was saying that she can't wait to sit down and read the book because she's hoping that just by listening or reading other people's stories, she'll feel a little bit more validated in her feelings and her grief. And she's hoping to kind of, she's hoping it will happen or snip snap out of it right now, which that's just not going to happen, but at least it will help her feel, you know, like, her feelings are validated. Yeah. It provides a companion on the journey. And um, I, can you speak a little bit about how it is for you when you can provide the, the podcast, this podcast, Confessions of a Grieving Mother, and then the Guys in Grief podcast to those families? Honestly, right now that has been huge for Emma's just because uh, we're reaching people so far out of our area And so I think people are able to connect with other people, you know, just listening to their stories. I'm hearing all the time that they connected with so-and-so's story and they would love, you know, to be connected into Emma's as a result of listening to the podcast or, and then the guys option, uh, women are very excited to be able to offer that to their you know, their partners, just because Mm -hmm. there's not as many resources for men, but we have them, you know, available, which can be so helpful for both for both of them while they're dealing with their grief uh, as a couple. Yeah. I was going to say, I think the podcast for the guys is, I think it's a a perfect opportunity for, um, for the the father figure to step into the grief role without having any attention on him. Just sitting and pressing play on a podcast is, you know, step one. And I don't think that, I think guys have a hard time showing up in, in their grief um, physically. And so this is, the podcast is a great op- opportunity to, you know, sit and listen to it on your own time when you're yeah. cutting the grass or, you know. <laughs> Driving to work, home Driving from work. Driving to work, you know, doing <laughs> yes. an activity that you enjoy doing. It's important. And again, it's, I feel like, especially the podcast, a lot of families are hesitant to jump into, you know, something that they're not sure about. Right. But the podcast has really actually gotten people into therapy just because listening yeah. to Pam's episodes, they're like, I really think I could talk to her or I yeah. do think it might be helpful. And so 
I refer people to the podcast all the time, kind of as a way to jump in to Emma's. And then in turn, they usually want to get more connected as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's, let's switch the topic over to the wave of light event that happens every year. Um, globally, right? Um, in October, October 15th is the date this year. I think it's actually every year, right? Is the 15th. Yep. Um, and so the wave of light is uh, a moment for families to light a candle to remember, um, the babies that have passed and, um, no matter where you're at at 7 PM, your, your time so that there's an actual wave of light if seen from, from, um, up above of, of, um, remembrance of all the babies. So I know that I, you know, we've talked about this, um, previously on other episodes, but ways to remember your baby can, can be challenging over time. Like, um, and, and also like stepping into the space and, and encouraging others to do the same for you and with you. So this is a good opportunity to, um, share it on social media or, um, tag, you know, tag your friend to do the same or reach out and, and see kind of how your friends and family can wrap their hands around you. And if you're feeling like that, 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 that they don't do that, know that this community does. And when you join a lost community, step into that, um, everyone around you is feeling those feelings of, of, of loss and sadness around their baby. So it's a really cool event. I would say I, I, I don't look forward to it, quotes, but I do enjoy it. I do love seeing all the candles online that people light. And it also allows me to remember and honor those babies, not only Emma's babies, but all the babies that, you know, I don't know about. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would, if everybody lit a candle, if they've experienced a pregnancy or infant loss, maybe just for themselves. I think people, I, I think, I think society would be surprised yeah. at how many candles would be lit. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that, that's yeah, not even absolutely. like, you know, I mean, you could say, well, I bet I haven't experienced a loss. Somebody could say that, but I know somebody who has even mm-hmm. just like one step that way. Mm-hmm. I, I think everybody would light, have, light a candle. Yeah. I mean, if you're oh, not lighting a candle, then I don't. Hmm. <laughs> Do you need friends? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, really, everybody knows somebody probably who has experienced a loss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if 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 you could, if somebody could say, "I don't know anybody," I would say, "Then go ask four people that you do know, and and one of those will tell you they have. You you, you just didn't know about it. Absolutely." Right. Yeah, go take a little case. survey. Yeah, sure. go to the the first four texts, last text you sent in your phone. Yeah, and just ask them a random question. Hey, odd question. Have you ever had? Mm-hmm. And I, I mm-hmm. bet you'd be surprised by the answers. Yeah, but yeah, October is Pregnancy and Loss Awareness Month. Yes, which I didn't know that. I didn't even know that for a while after Emma died. Well, no, because you were in a very dark space. <laughs> it's very dark. There were no lights. I also don't think they talked about it as much. No, I feel like it's become more of a um, 
public knowledge lately because I didn't know about it either. Yeah, it's definitely gained more steam and really picked up due to social media, due to people talking about it and loss, you know, moms and creating lost communities wherever they are. Right. I wonder what will be next. I don't know. I'm lighting a candle on October 15th. Yes. That's a Sunday. Yep. At 7 p.m. I think so. Thank you for that. I now I'm now I'm not sure. What at seven? No, it's a, a Sunday. It is. It is a Sunday. Sunday, October fifteenth. Okay. So everyone, you should just put it. Should we send calendar invites, Julie, to everybody? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> send a calendar invite to everybody on our email list. Every yeah. So look for that. <laughs> that would be funny. That's so funny. Okay, Amanda, what is what's a piece of information or advice you have to a family that's listening that obviously if they found this podcast and are listening to it, they either want to learn or they themselves have had a loss, but maybe this podcast is the first step on their grieving journey. Um, Can you just give them some advice on how to take a next step or what would you, what would you tell that mom? Well, first of all, I would tell her that she's not alone and uh, we are here to support her through this in whatever way that she wants us to. And I highly encourage her to either reach out via email, texting, she could call. I just want her to have our support resources available when she's ready. Yeah. And it's so important to get connected into a, a support community because grief is way too lonely as it is. And uh, you definitely need people around you who can validate your feelings and make you feel like you're not alone in this world because loss makes you feel like you have some crazy thoughts. And if you tell them to somebody who, who's not gone through a loss, they might think you are yeah. going off the deep end. But in reality, it's just a normal part of the grieving process. And so you need to be around people who get that. And that's why we're here to, you know, help them get connected to whatever it is that might help them, you know, in their grieving process. Yeah. I mean, I think you and I, Amanda, have very similar stories with that of the the no support after our losses. Oh, yeah. And then going from that to a support community, is, I would not be where I am doing what I'm doing today with, without the support community, for sure. No, it changes everything yeah. to have people surrounding you who get it. Yeah, that is so true. So we are, we're here, you know, I know we're located in Erie, Pennsylvania, but uh, we got friends all over the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, we do. We have walks, you know, all over the country this year. Um, and a, a text message can, can reach anywhere. An email can reach anywhere. Yep. So don't be afraid to reach out or if you have any questions too. Yeah. Absolutely. To field them. Well, thanks Amanda for taking the time today to call in and update people on what we're doing and just talk about our mission and, and how our families, you know, what we're hearing back from our families. So Amanda is, 
is the the voice on the phone. She is the behind the text. <laughs> She's yeah. behind the email, and we could not do this without her. We would not be where we are without her and and your love and your compassion and your empathy. And I know you that you've learned a lot also on this on oh, this yeah. role in this role. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Every day just, is a new learning, you know, experience. Is, of course. But I'm grateful for done. that. Yeah. Because it's taught me just how people grieve and you know, it showed me so many different parts of the world that I never would have even thought about. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, reminder, everybody's grief journey is different. Yep. And so we learn things along the way on our grief journeys from other people to help us on ours. Yep. So reminder, light your candle on Sunday, October 15th at 7 yes. p.m. Put it on social media. Um, we'd love you to tag us too. I don't know yeah. if we want to, let's see how many people Emma has affected or we would just love to meet your babies via social media and let's, yes. let's light up that night um, and break, break the stigma of pregnancy and infant loss. Mm-hmm. So thanks listeners for tuning in and stay tuned next week for another episode of confessions of a grieving mother. <laughs>